for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Michelle, and here with my regular co-host and podcast live mate, Jayton Sadia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Hey, Jay. Hey, 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 hey. You know what I noticed? What did we're you doing notice? This, uh, uh, we're doing this audio. Uh, obviously, it's an audio podcast, but Correct. I'm noticing... We're, and we're social distancing, so I'm, we're doing this over Skype and whatnot. Yes. But I'm noticing uh, your shirt. It oh. is a very, very cool <laughs> You shirt. like that? Um, it is. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> a dinosaur lifting weights. It's kind of like it's all of I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. It says every day is leg day. You can't see that part because it's under under my desk. I got to think. So it says every day is leg day. I find these shirts very inspirational. I have been doing a lot of that in my at home work attire since I don't have to do as much of the uh, the grandiose outfits that I did when, since I'm working at home. So I have I have a lot. I have a collection of Gitchy T-shirts and the most of the ones I bought are from a particular company called Tea Turtle that I found their booth at one of the cons that I went to and was immediately addicted and probably have a dozen of these shirts, a variety, a variety of inspirational <laughs> shirts. So some people have those, those inspirational things on their wall that have all those mantras and those phrases and all those things that you see and they like, like be inspired and overcome. I have shirts like this. <laughs> so, and it works for me. Well, I love it. You're, you're wearing your inspiration. Hopefully that yes. rubs off um, more than those just random. Megan, I trust me. I, I, I am a fan of any motivational saying or a phrase that gets you motivated right. then you should have them all over the place if that is what gets you going um but you're taking it to another level you're actually wearing your inspiration right. and you're wearing it again you're wearing your shirt you're wearing it all day long yes. so um so does that make you want to do more uh, squats <laughs> wearing you that shirt? You know what? I, these the, primarily before they became my home work attire, um, that was primarily what I would wear to the gym. So I did find them very motivating for that. And I could tell as I was collecting whatever I was going to work before I went to the gym, I have one that says uh, swift like the wind or one that says, you know, strong, independent female or all of these different things. And it would depend on my mood, but it was very appropriate. And it did make me, you know, I, I, I have always been, you know, in, when you're trying to find motivation, especially for working out and from back when I used to like, even like be an aerobics instructor is finding how to get your head in the right space. And for me, this is how I, you know, if I see myself a glimpse of myself in one of the mirrors and we know all, a lot of the gyms have tons of mirrors, this is the kind of thing that would make me stay motivated. Some people is having something really cute or a favorite color or, or a particular thing that makes them feel sexy. It, you know, every motivation is different, but these really fit my personality. And I think that that's important. And especially for what we're going through right now is finding your own nugget of inspiration and what makes you have, even if you have a cloudy day, what makes it seem a little brighter. And so for me, it's get you t-shirts. And I like it because it's uh, also self-accountability because right. I think that's what people are liking right now. It's like, Hey, I don't really have to go out that much. I'm not really seeing that many people, you know, I'm only accountable to myself. So I think to, to your point, um, inspirational. Yes. But I think if you are able to wear something or alter your mood by, so I love movies and I'll go to a, a matinee, when we could go to matinees, right. I would go to a matinee just to alter my mood for the day. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in this inspirational mood today. And one of the things that I want to do is uh, alter my uh, alter my the next 48 hours. And I'm going to watch this documentary, which I heard is inspirational. And right. that kind of gets me into that accountability phase as well. So 
Um, and then you just ping me like, hey, we're going to talk about uh, a few things today on the podcast. And I'm like, what do I want to talk about? And right. I've been, you know, kind of, kind of in a couple of uh, uh, Pass the Password uh, shows. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I think I could talk about those and I kind of pass those by you. And you're like, that is fascinating. Right. And um, I think it's interesting because it does go back to that basic of where is your mindset right now and what things, because I do think that some of the things that before you maybe didn't have time for, for, and I don't mean that you or I have a plethora of extra time. We're both, you know, busy in a very different way, especially since we're working parents and that we are basically a combination of independent contractors, but also have a baseline project, you know, with the Twin Cities Film Fest and things like that. We have our core uh, thing that we work on, but then we have a lot of other things that we're trying to keep juggling at the same time. So I don't, uh, I know that I am not in that boat of people just sitting around all day wondering what they're going to do with their spare time. That has not been my experience, but my binge watching has changed dramatically. And it sounds like yours has made kind of a pivot as well. Cause what we were talking yeah. about, you were going to watch in, even if we go back to the month of March and what, you're like, I have this on my agenda. This is what's going to come up next. It's a lot different than what you told me before we came on air and what you're actually watching right now. And I think mine is the same thing. This is not what I would normally have watched. And now I'm absolutely just enthralled with this particular show. So today we're going to go through some of our past the password and what we think is binge worthy out there. If you have any suggestions, we encourage you to be part of the BR Geek community. We'd love to see you on social media. If there's something that you suggest that we should watch, you can always let us know on Facebook or Instagram. So I'll let you go first because you have two shows that are kind of in the same universe um and mine is a whole different continent so let's start with yours jay jayton so i think one of the shows that i talked about back in march was um uh i like smart shows right shows that actually make me think and there's those shows where you can watch passively they're just on in the background and you can more or less get a gist of it and that's fine but then there's those shows where you you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not actively watching those shows right. so they have my normal like shows. Well, I'll watch a blacklist here and there, and I'll watch a, a Billions, the one on Showtime. I yeah. love the kind of hedge thing, and I, I mean that's passive active. But I've certainly pivoted to more darker shows, which is I, I think very interesting. Yeah, and I don't know if that is the the environment that we're in right now. There's so much uh, I don't want to say negative vibe, but there's certainly negative energy in the world right now with everything that is happening, and there's all. Uh, all appropriate based on everything that is happening. Um, I'm not sure if that's what is driving me to these shows um, or if it's something inherent that I haven't really um, uh, looked looked at myself inside. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have been infatuated with two shows and they're all about uh, drug trafficking. Okay. And, and getting away with it. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, right. Not that I want to pivot in that direction by any means, but these two are very smart shows, and they, they, they show uh, the, the, the dichotomy between good versus bad and the fact that the people who are doing these bad things are still justifying it and in their own righteous way that they're running businesses. So are they right? anti-heroes so running- then, Jayden? Are, are they anti-heroes? They're anti-heroes, uh, and they're certainly villains. If right. you look at it from the normal society's perspective on on what what the product that they're serving to within their network and and spreading the spreading it around, obviously that's not the uh, 
um, uh, the not not the right product we want in our society, but it is there. And uh, these two shows talk about how both of these the products that they're putting out there actually sustain the current economy. Okay, there's a lot of people involved. These businesses are propping up communities that otherwise would not be getting any love if they weren't down the traditional route of uh, earning money. So that said, if you take down this particular business or the infrastructure, you're literally causing thousands, if not millions of people to lose their revenue now because of the infrastructure that's already been built. So So all that said, would there also be that power vacuum that we see when you you take out something that obviously is a negative impact, but then it causes this power vacuum that then is even worse than if you just kind of figured out another way to extract it from that particular society? You're absolutely right. So one of the shows that I've uh, since uh, I've now finished, I've caught up on the entire season. I think I binged it in a week. There's four seasons. It's a Netflix show called Ozark, and okay. there's a lot of love. And Ozark started back in 2017, okay. I believe, was the first season of it. And they just had their uh, fourth season end uh, now in 2020. Um, uh, it's about a uh, just a suburban Actually, a city family. They were they lived the city. Scott, uh, sorry, the the mom and dad, Jason Bateman, um, is the dad. So I've never seen Jason in such a dark uh, show. Okay, he's never played this dark of a character. Um, we have Laura Linney on the show, which is uh, who's Jason's uh, Jason Bateman's his character's Marty Bird's wife, Wendy Bird, um, and they have two uh, uh, two um, one son and one daughter as well. The fascinating show about this, I'm not sure if you ever watched the show Breaking Bad. If you ever watched the show Breaking Bad, it was all about big secrets and trying to hide, keep those secrets hidden. Right. This is kind of like a Breaking Bad ride where your your heart is palpitating throughout the whole episode. Um, But there are absolutely no secrets. Everybody knows about everything. Interesting. There are, and again, and that's a very different pivot than the traditional way of kind of with these drug shows, and again, Jason Bateman is an account is an accountant, so he's basically the accountant that is money laundering for cartels. Okay, and his wife knows about it. His his son knows about it. His uh, their daughter knows about it. His son actually starts learning the business and now has at the end of season four. I'm not spoiling anything, but ends up with offshore accounts, and his son is like ten, wow. eleven. So and they all know about everything that is happening. Uh, and again, one of the key things about if you look at character studies, I look at it from a scene perspective. Each scene drives the next scene. Okay. And one of the most fascinating things, Bill Cooper, my managing director, who you know as well, is a great friend of ours. Um, he's an acting coach. One of the things that he pointed out was the the, and he's an acting coach. Right. He says it is very hard for him to take a scene from an episode and actually uses it, use it in his acting class because the scene are very short. Right. There are maybe five or six dialogues by each person. They're very intense. There's a lot of non, uh, non-verbals that are used in each of these scenes. And then you move on to the next scene. Oh, okay. And the fact you can't, you can't drive a, um, the arc of uh, an entire episode by one scene as well. You have to combine all of them to kind of see where the arc was and the finality. Um, how so long I think is it's a brilliant... ep- Jayton, how long is each episode of Ozarks? Uh, each 
episode is approximately 48 minutes. Okay. So traditional, to put it on a, you know, a TV network, you'd be an hour long show. Throw in the, the commercial breaks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's about 48 minutes. Um, so that's the, that's one show. And uh, another show that I'm, uh, I guess also a Netflix show. And uh, this one's a very much of an active show. You have to watch it because it is also foreign language. Majority of it. It's called Narcos. Okay. And Narcos had a uh, couple of iterations of it. The first one was, uh, I think, two or three seasons, and it dealt with uh, Pablo Escobar. Right. And his, his uh, coming up from nothing to where it was to his to his end, which was uh, death. Um, and then they pivoted the next two seasons, uh, which is currently on right now, to Mexico and how um, the the Mexican cartel is now involved in their uh, trafficking. Uh, they started with marijuana and now they're trafficking into cocaine and kind of building that um, infrastructure that is keeping up the is essentially the Mexican economy. And again, the government is those for some reason have caught my attention and obviously caught my drive to continue watching those or at least go out there and sort other source other content that is kind of like it let me ask you this know, you, as your friend how do you feel while you're watching the show and then after you watch the show i look at it from an analytical standpoint so <laughs> you're not I answering the question say, don't tell no, no just no, no, okay no, no, I, you know, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dodge. Just no. how do you feel? Uh, I I feel uh, like the, these again these characters and again these are all based or inspired on true true stories or true happenings in the world. I'm fascinated with different industries, regardless right. of what it is industry it is. So I feel uh, involved, and I feel like I am part of the storyline. Okay, as a um, outsider looking in, knowing that I'm not doing anything bad, but I'm watching these human beings uh, be the worst people ever. Do you feel right? like you're kind of supporting but something I, bad then a little bit by going, oh, I shouldn't I, like this? I feel, yeah, I feel okay. like I'm supporting uh, something that I shouldn't be supporting, yet you cannot take your eyes away from it. And yet I want to, there's redeeming characters mm-hmm. in these stories that uh, are, you wouldn't necessarily consider, consider villains. Okay. Right? So I find myself attached to some of these, what, so quote unquote, unredeemable individuals, but you get to learn about their backstory and why they got involved. And now they're just stuck. And now either they, they live it or they die or they perish. Wow. So you tend to okay. go after, you know, you, you pick a couple of characters and you're like, I hope this person doesn't die in this episode. Um, but that's it. I've, again, there's these both these sh- both shows are very smart. Okay. So I love the way in Ozark, Jason Bateman is put into um, a, a scenario pretty much every other episode where he has to get out of it right. on a dime, okay. and he uses his brain. He uses his mental power. He does, I mean, he's a you know middle aged white man yes. trying to do what he's doing, but he's escaping death every other episode based on his intellect. Which okay. I, which I find fascinating. So, not that I'm going to try to, uh, you know, mimic or try to get what what he is trying to get out of. That's not going to be my life. That's not what you um, want. Is your main hobby is getting out of death, uh, uh, deadly situations yeah. because you're the the accountant to a drug running cartel. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I would hope that right. that is not your new squad goal, Jay. <laughs> so. No, it's not. no. And, and I, I, you know, if it was. Um, 
but uh, but I, I find it fascinating how he is able to um, maneuver within his own mind to to pivot to a non-threatening scenario um, and make keep his family safe as well as keep the business going as well. So um, so hopefully that answers your question. I feel like I'm part of the story. Okay. Well, all right, then we'll move on to mine, which is it, uh, as I said, on a completely different continent and is a, you wouldn't think so, but especially in comparison to the shows that you are currently watching, uh, Jayton, my show is full of whimsy because, uh, I have been watching a show called Midsummer Murders and I found it through my mom. I was over at my mom's house. We had started watching, uh, Doctor Who and there's a bunch of channels we've been watching. One of the, free streaming services that is available out there a lot of pluto tv so it has these these binge show these binge channels that are just episodes of certain pockets of shows over and over and over and over again so i thought i was going to start watching doctor who and then two channels down is midsummer's murders and i had watched a few of these at my mom's house and this is a british tv detective drama uh that basically started back in 1997 and is still running now and it's about uh it's it's set within the english countryside these these english country villages and it's kind of the show is actually it has moments even though it's a it, even though it's a murder mystery show it has lots of moments of whimsy and lightheartedness and and it is actually a beautiful show to look at because it does really showcase a lot of these beautiful the the, the english countryside and these beautiful homes and and what's going on there and it's very pleasant people that then get murdered for these and so i'll answer my own question about i asked you how do you feel after you're watching the shows you're watching this one i actually an episode but i also can watch this show you watch actively in that you kind of want to pick up on the clues so you can kind of play along and try and solve the murder but the majority of the episode, the way that the, the the formula of the show, the murders are so fantastical and the scenarios are so bizarre that you never feel the need to be frightened for your own safety. It's not like when you're watching a even if you, you watch some of the American uh, true crime shows that I watch now, like if you're watching a true uh, uh, a criminal minds or where you have that moment where you're scared, like you're like, oh, my gosh, that guy really could be a mass murderer in my neighborhood or this poor woman just came home and he was in her shower like that kind of that things happen and you feel bad for some of the characters that die. Some of them you're like you, you're like, OK, you were kind of a terrible person anyway. Like just a weird, weird, terrible person that you're like, well, at least it was you and not this other person. Um, But a lot of it, like the storyline quite often is about some sort of drama that happens in a in the community and they have a bunch of people who all have these competitive gardens and there's some drama between all the competitive gardeners or there's something that goes on and (laughs) there's it turns out there's a black market orchid trade and somebody is smuggling in orchids and then something goes awry or it gets even weirder where there's some really fancy um pianist that is trying to like carry on his legacy and so people get murdered so that he could carry on trying to come up with the best pianist through genetic engineering it's a lot of things like that where none of it yeah. is something that you're like oh yeah that happened to me when i was at the grocery store that could happen sure yeah, so 
that part is actually kind of soothing and they have these great British accents and they're actually very calm about things. And it's it reminds me of uh, and maybe a lot of it makes me feel kind of nostalgic uh, to things I used to watch with my grandmother. If I was watching old episodes of Poirot or um, watching old mysteries of uh, Columbo and those kind of shows, it's kind of yeah. like that. You know, and it's, you know, probably three ish people are going to get murdered because they murder one and then they end up having to murder either two people to continue the vendetta or because then somebody finds out about the first murder. So then they have to continue and it snowballs into a string of murders. there's, there's There's always collateral damage. Correct. You know, and sometimes you're like, this person is literally just weird midsummer murders insane because they're all a little insane. And but some of them are so neurotic or they talk about like this, this a lot of the the British upper middle class. And so just a lot of their need to cover up things and maintain the 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 history of their family. And so they will murder or do anything to try and make sure that people still think that Lord Casey so and so is still fancy. And a lot of that happens. And. I mean, the show is still running, from what I understand, and it was the kind of show that normally, if I hadn't seen a few episodes and gotten the tone and tenor of it over at my mom's house, I might not have started it, um, because it's been on for so long, it's one of those things where you're going, can I catch up? But and yeah. the but the characters, even though we've had um, the the main primary character, this guy named uh, the the character's name was. Detective Chief Inspector Tom Barnaby, and he's the main one, and he was on until 2011, I believe. So he was on for a considerable amount of time, and then he has usually a sidekick, somebody that works for him, a a detective sergeant. And so the secondary character had rotated through a couple of gentlemen. And then um, the primary character, the actor, this guy named... um, John Nettles uh, decided that he was going to retire, and so they replaced him with his a guy who's supposed to the character is supposed to be his younger younger slightly younger cousin who they had introduced in an earlier episode who is now also detective chief inspector barnaby but he's john barnaby now and so so they just kind of moved in a new barnaby and started with that and so that part i think is really interesting sorry my phone is ringing i'm gonna stop that decline there we go that hasn't happened before. All right. So back to uh, Midsummer Murders. So um, so you do hear all of these storylines about the Barnabys going out and solving these murders. And they're very interesting characters. And, and I've been very... It's the kind of show where you kind of want to pay attention because you will turn away and look back and somebody else got murdered. And so you're like, wait, you can pop back in. And... It's always get these things confused. It's very episodic in that you don't No, I mean, you don't have to see them all in a row. There's not a lot of, you know, like, yeah, pop in, pop out if you need to. Right. So you can go, I watched these three episodes. They don't really tie into each other and you'll be okay. You don't miss a lot. Like there's just some primary things you want to know about each of the primary characters. Okay. Usually it's, it's Detective Barnaby and his wife Joyce and they have a daughter named Cully and the three of them pop up and you kind of feel bad for his wife, his wife Joyce, who is a gangster. Like she's one really cool. She's like in all of these, she's in the theater. She's like, does that and she hangs out with the, at the old folks home and does all these things but she also has a tendency to be adjacent to murders so like (laughs) like she'll be in a play and they're doing this whole thing about Amadeus and she's just one of the secondary characters and then one of the main actors gets murdered in front of her so a lot of that stuff 
And But now you see, well, this is the kind of show that you can kind of laugh about because you're like, whoa, Joyce, that was rough, you know, and then like, and well, the, the other... The, one of the things I want to certainly bring up uh, with the two shows that you just brought up with, with her, mm-hmm. um, especially with uh, Ozark, at the end of the fourth season, you really realize that women are running the whole show. Even though Jason Bateman's character is central, it's the women surrounding him that are running the entire show. Like, right. There are so many amazing uh, uh, lead female characters that are ba- they're basically creating the arcs behind the scene. Mm-hmm. They're the brains behind the operation. Um, and that is amazing. That is so, so wonderful to kind of see um, – these these brilliant female characters kind of running you hear about all like you know the behind a great man is a great woman no i mean these women are actually out to be right. like nope we are running the show and you're just you're just one of our puppets right um and again no no secrets everybody knows exactly what is happening so it's good to see that you have a character within your own uh binge show right that is central but you you do from the opposite end you do get that that whimsy and that like oh my god murders follow you you need to just stop going out the house <laughs> right that's a rough life choice and the only other yeah. thing that i did feel gu- guilty about it from this perspective is that of course how many shows can we have out there that don't have any controversy around them at all and what happened with miss Sunder's murder is that there was some controversy that i believe this came out in 2011 and it was one of the um directors and the showrunners um, they actually asked him some questions in a magazine called the Radio Times or on the uh, uh, in the Radio Times. And they asked him why they didn't have any non-white characters in this show. And his response was that Midsummer Murders is a bastion of Englishness. And so, of course, there was a lot of pushback and he was uh, challenged about that term Englishness and whether that was correct. And he later went on to say that he wanted to make a program that appeals to a certain audience, which seems to succeed. And so those actually ended up getting this guy investigated by the production company. And they had at first followed, uh, fired him, you know, kind of thing. And then eventually they did reinstate him, but only after he made an apology. And he said, if my remarks gave unintended offense to any viewers, I feel bad and I'm sorry ish, which, you know, is not an appropriate one. So he did eventually have to step down as the producer from doing that. And I and you do notice that later on during the series, they do start to get more characters of color and it's not as stereotypical as what you would expect. And so um, I yeah. that actually added to the actual story. Or do you think they just placated this and just kind of again, again, keeping in mind that it still needs to move the story and the episodes and the series forward, do you think they did it the right way? I do, because instead of going, all right, now we have token stereotype characters, they just infused characters in that happen to be of color, which is usually the way that I prefer that they infuse characters in, is that they go, all right, this character is here, there's not an over... Uh, we don't pound you with the storyline so that we are like so exclamating exclamation pointing everything about the fact that they are diversity. They just are in the show. And sometimes they're a hero. Sometimes they're a villain. Just having people just be in, available in the show. And I, the, the, the American show that it reminds me a little bit of, and it's, it's much more lighthearted than that, but it reminds me of why I was such a fan of Law and Order for so many years. Um, sure. where you could pop in and even if you'd seen it, it still feels 
good to watch the show. Like there were so many, like I've seen, I'm sure I saw, I, I, I wasn't a law and order SVU fan, but of the original property, I watched all of those, regardless of who the lead detectives were, whatever they were doing. There was something about the way and the, the, the way that that flow show flowed that I always enjoyed. And Midsummer murders kind of fills that void for me now. Cause some of the episodes I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the one where they, they got mad because their, you know, their great, 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 great grandfather got murdered by bell ringers. And so now they're mad at bell ringers. And that's a thing. That's, that's an actual that, thing. That has happened in the past. Um, where, when is it set? Is it set modern, modern yes. time nowadays? Or yes. Is it, okay. Yes. And so, which is the other thing that, that sometimes the impetus for the murders are ancient history, like ancient British history that pops back up for some odd reason. You know, somebody got some somebody way back some ancestor got thrown down a well and they're still mad generations later yeah. for some reason so and yeah, that part is always interesting little, uh, there's a little bit of that in ozark um which is modern modern day-ish uh which is all about tradition keeping the traditions alive mm-hmm. in these bigger families um and then you know the, the fact that they don't want to change or they see change coming but they don't want to right. adopt it by any means or doing whatever it takes essentially to to keep acids and then, um, but on the opposite side, Narcos is set, uh, uh, you know, back in Pablo Escobar days in the seventies and eighties. Uh, so you see quote unquote, what wasn't normal back then, um, because they try to do their best to keep it, um, as authentic as possible from a set design perspective, from a storyline perspective. Um, so that's, again, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm living the same, essentially the same, uh, drug, uh, cartel, money laundering uh but in two different time zones (laughs) so jayden may i ask you this as your friend do you know what is next on your binge list in case i need to send help so (laughs) are you going to stay in dark territory or do you have something like are you going to watch a couple scooby-doo movies or something just to cleanse your palate or what are you going to (laughs) do do you know what i did actually watch with uh and i were well there's two episodes two things so right now we're finishing schitt's creek yes on Netflix, which is very, very, very funny. Okay, I have um, heard that from another friend as well. I believe yeah, you. Yeah, is it's just real. It's just Dan Levy has done an amazing job with that. And again, the series is over now; it's finished, and um, so we're kind of taking our time finishing the the series up. So that's again on the opposite end of just being fun. Um, and then my wife and I uh, binged in two days. We binged, um, which again, my wife and I don't really binge. We we find things that are appealing to each other but not appealing to both of us mostly Fair enough. she she not like dark she does not she gets uh vivid dreams and just gets I'm too like involved. your wife I am very like yeah. your wife So yeah. now you got and two I, of us you have your podcast wife and your home wife and we both think that what you watch is depressing <laughs> So it's my Yeah I guess I don't know what that is but we ended up watching a show on Amazon Prime it's uh, one season out. It's called Upload. Oh, I've and, seen the commercials and, for that. Do you like that one? Yeah, and we, we ended up watching all of them in two days. Um, there's about ooh, 10 episodes or something. Um, and that's, again, a light light show as well, which is about afterlife. So essentially in the future, you could. Um, <laughs> My son's coming downstairs. <laughs> He makes quite the entrance, yes. Mm -hmm. No, you could. So the show is essentially you can upload your consciousness uh, into 
the afterlife. I will try and check that show out. Usually we wrap up in a more organized way, but I kind of think the fact that uh, my son has decided that this podcast should start to wrap up, I will probably take that. So you want to say hi? Hi. Tickles. Tickles. <laughs> like, all he cares about is tickles. <laughs> I love it. I would go give him some tickles and you can go home and give your son some tickles and watch something lighter with your wife. We'll make sure that we check in with everybody again soon. We want to encourage everybody to follow our show. It's Be Our Geek Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at BeOurGeekShow at gmail.com and you can also call us and leave a message at 612-276-2774. That's 612-276-2774. Please like and subscribe Be Our Geek wherever you find us and always go to the Twin Cities Film Fest website for more that's TwinCitiesFilmFest.org so I'm glad that you are happy in real life and using all of your negativity to watch your shows Jake so that works for me (laughs) we will check in with you next time we appreciate you listening remember everyone is a geek about something